Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of In the Trenches, a podcast about responsive learning experience design, where we discuss how to design and deliver flexible course content in a variety of modalities, settings, and situations. I'm Eric Ward, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mike Vanderpool. In this episode, we discuss the concept of engagement in the classroom. It is very difficult for participants in a class to learn if they're not engaged with the topics and material. That said, there's a lot of confusion about exactly what engagement is and how to engage students. We try to shed some light on this important topic. Let's get to the show. All right. Hey, Mr. Ward, how are you doing today? I'm good, Mike. How are you doing? I uh, can't complain. First week of the semester in the books. We all survived. Um, that's the best we can do sometimes. Yeah, well, that's awesome. That's good. So it went well? Yeah, it was weird. Um, only because I'm so used to just not thinking about what we're doing necessarily and just doing it. Like you get an idea, hey, let's go do it. Let's, let's go out in the hall and let's go watch people or let's go do this and that. Um, and some of the things, you know, with masks and social distancing and, and trying to be respectful of people's spaces um, just made me think more about what we were doing in the, in the day. So at yep. the end of it, I think everything worked out like it would have normally. I just think that extra thinking about things added a little bit more stress than I was typically used to the first week. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Kids, uh, my oldest started this week, high school. Uh, middle child, her first day was today. Uh, they did a really good job, um, both communication-wise, both schools. They go to different schools. Really good job communication-wise. Um, you know, third grade where my middle child is headed to school, uh, the teachers, the group of teachers put out a video kind of explaining things. You know, any reservations I felt about what was going to be going on and how safe it was going to be, you know, that communication just really, really helped. Especially nice. for me, somebody who likes to watch videos more than reading a 10-page email. Yep. Um, and I think that that's my wife was talking about it. You know, she's got, she's going to school. We have kids in three different schools because my son will be starting preschool this year. There's a lot of information coming in right now. A lot of long emails that are being sent yeah. and man, oh man, there's only so yeah, much we, can take. Yeah, we got a lot of that from, uh, you know, Dinah uh, just started Ohio state. Um, so they're in, they're in their first week right now. Lots of long emails um, from that as well. Lots, some, some of the, and it was hard, right? It's hard to parse it. Some of the emails were really informative and you needed to read and other, others of them were, were useless. So, but you got to read the whole thing. Yeah. So, but you know, they did, they're doing a great job. She's already, I mean, she moved in, um, you know, last Saturday she had to be tested um, within two hours of arrival. They're wow. testing everybody once a week. They've done last. I heard the update. They've done 8,000 tests. They have like a 1.1% positivity rate so far. So pretty good. So again, communication has been good. I felt pretty good about it. Um, we'll see. It seems like the, you know, she said there's just a lot less people down there than, than she thought. So none of her classes, literally none of her classes went online. So she had to be there. Right. Um, but there must be a ton of classes that are online because she said that, even like the normal, you know, how the normal ebb and flow, like classes get done at a certain time and everybody walks the campus. And then during class, it's really quiet. She said, even between class times, it feels like last year, um, 
it like during class, right? She's, there's just not that many people down there. So, um, so far so good. We'll see what happens. We're, we're kind of in the same boat, you know, and again, I don't, I don't remember obviously everything from last year, especially since COVID kind of gummed up what we were doing, but it feels like that there's less people on campus and I'm going to make the same assumption. It's because there's probably enough faculty doing remote stuff to diminish. Yep. Um, diminish the, the face on ground population. Yep. And tonight is uh, my son's uh, it's, it's a high school football kickoff tonight. Really? First game. And you're going to be able to go parents go. Yep, uh, we, we can go. Um, seniors got get two tickets to away games. Oh, cool. And then um, they get three to home games. So, and you know, they've each, you know, each league does its own thing. Um, you know, obviously, you know, got to have masks, social distancing. There's, you got to, you know, sit only with your family, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be weird tonight. It's going to rain here, like almost guaranteed. It's going to be rainy and miserable and we'll have masks on and we'll see what happens. So let's see. So 90 degrees, humid rain and masks. Yeah. Should, what could, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So but yeah, I mean, our school started, everything seems fine um, so far, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I'm still, you know, given the experiences that some of the other big colleges have had, I'm, I'm still half expecting to go back and get Dinah in a couple weeks. Right. But who knows? Well, I think, and I don't know must be nice to have that uh, Ohio State money where you can test <laughs> your entire population twice a week. Yeah. But what happens when it's like the NFL and there's a whole bunch of false positives? I mean, what do you, how are, just, yeah. Well, and they already suspended 240 kids for, for being, for being college kids and doing college kid things and having parties. Really? 240. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to, if, if you, that's the thing, right? If you're going to make policy, you have to enforce it or else you might as well not even make it. So, yeah. Yeah. so, so we'll see, but um, yeah. Cool. So what did we want to talk about today? Well, you know, we, we left off with, um, you know, last time we left off with socialization. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, we, we had, you know, we'd talked a little bit, you know, since then about um, this, this term that you and I use and we love it and we hate it called engagement. Right. So um, yeah. What, and I mean, I, I think they're, they're obviously somewhat related, right? I mean, if you, if, you know, to properly socialize and get the benefits of socialization, right? The, the participants have to be somewhat engaged, right? To, otherwise, if they're completely not engaged, then that socialization just doesn't work, right? And you're not, you're not going to form any bonds. So um, what, did, how, what does that look like for you this week in kind of this weird space that we're in? So... Um engagement within the classroom so far um i would argue that engagement does not equal fun and i think that's something that too often gets gets conflated um i think engagement really means attention more than anything else Mm -hmm. Um, well you know and and i think like when you said that right engagement does not equal fun um you know back to the football thing right my, my, my son had, you know, they had two days, they had football practice. He was really engaged. He was certainly not having fun. I mean, kids were puking and they come back and they can't walk and whatever, but you know that when they're puking and they, they're sore the next day, they're engaged. 
but it's not fun, but they're engaged because they know what that goal is, right? And most things that provide us some level of satisfaction or a feeling of accomplishment or growth are frustrating and are not always fun. Right, right. I mean, right. It, 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 it hurts in various ways to stretch yourself, right? But then that's where that payoff comes, right? You've stretched yourself, you've grown, but you, you, you can't really grow and stretch yourself without some level of, of effort or, you know, you know, pain, if, for lack of a better word. Well, it's, it's just like, you know, that, that uh, if it's on an, a curve or whatever you want to call it, right, the, the, the peak is only going to be as high as the valley. Right. So, um, so yeah, class was, I think, fun as a byproduct of engagement, not a necessity for engagement. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you make a really good point there, right? Because it's that you, you and I have, you know, both don't like edutainment, right? Yeah. Right. And, and I think that the whole edutainment mindset is that you have to make things fun in order for people to get engaged in order for them to learn. But I think, you know, to be honest with you, right, this, I don't think we, I don't think we talked about this, um, you know, last time, but we're talking about it with some of the things that we're working on. If you start with the why and the why is compelling, the engagement follows. Yes. If the why is compelling and the end result is compelling. Then, you know, to your point, fun will be at certain points in the course, a byproduct of that engagement and that learning and that growth. But it's, it's, you know, it feels like that, you know, some, sometimes people get it upside down that you got to start with fun, but you don't have to start with fun. You have to start with the why and motivation, start, authenticity and engagement, right? You want to start with something that gets their attention, right? You can't, you can't even begin to communicate with somebody unless you have their attention. You can't even begin to articulate what the why is unless you have their attention engagement is only going to come after something has caught their attention. Okay. Well, let's, let's use, you know, you, you see a, 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 a pretty person that you want to talk to something caught your attention. That's going to facilitate some type of engagement, right? That's how the world works. Yep. Um, so I did something interesting yesterday to capture attention. Uh, my intro class. Well, first thing I walked into the room at, at one o'clock when the class started, and I saw everybody talking to each other and amongst themselves, which is sometimes a rarity. Yep. Uh, probably fortunate because it was a smaller class size and there's one person in there who just talks. And right. that's all it really takes is one person to break that ice of, yep. of, of engaging others in conversation. So I walked in, saw them talking amongst themselves, and I walked right back out and gave them five more minutes because we're still first part of this whole semester, socialization being the most important thing. Now, Absolutely. It might be interesting because I thought about it later. I'm like, well, maybe if I had walked in there and they're all sitting quiet, I might have done the same exact thing and left. Just to right. give more silence to stew in and maybe. Right, yeah, right. Art of teaching coming out there. Um, but I walked back in, didn't say a word, walked directly to our closet, grabbed a tub of Legos. Now, not like a tub like this, like an actual like moving heavy crate of Legos. Walked to the middle of the floor and dumped them out. Nice. That got everybody's attention. Sure. Yeah. What are we, what are we doing today? Why are all these Legos here? So um, getting attention is the first part of being able to do anything engaging. Agreed. Uh, 
you know, not everybody's got Legos in their closet like I do, but that first prompt could be something written on the board, a, a essential question or yeah. some recent event type questions. Something. You got to have that hook, right? Get the, yeah, right. To your point, gets their attention, piques their interest. Makes them think. Curiosity is how we've learned curiosity plus challenges equals development since the time we were trying to climb upstairs. Absolutely. Sparks curiosity and sparks questions in their mind. Like when I dumped the Lego out, Legos, I was like, what do we do? What are we going to do with these? Uh, If it's a question about, you know, there's so many hot button questions that uh, people like to rant about these days. Um, But any question I think, gets people thinking automatically. You just put a question mark on the end of a sentence. Right. It implies that there's some level of engagement required. Right. Agreed. Yeah, it's not a statement. It's a, it's a, it's an invitation to it's an invitation to engage, right? Yeah. It's interesting because sometimes I'll go into and we've got art you've met Clink, his art class. Yep. And I've got a lot of my students in there, so I go hang out every once in a while, see what they're working on. I'll go in there and write something on the on the board like art is an illusion, only design is real and things like that to get their attention and spark conversation. But I think next week when I go in, I'm going to write a, que- a question and see if there's any different response from when I just yeah. put a statement up there. Yep. Yep. No, that's, that's, that's cool. So, so, you know, when we talk about engagement, we talked last time about socialization, right. And how important that was to um, kind of the long-term structure, right. Of a, of, of a, of a class over time. Right. Because there's going to be times when, you know, you, you, you want, you not only want the participants to work with each other, but right. There's going to be times when, when it's going to be really advantageous for them to lean on each other and use each other's resources and those kinds of things. And that's why that socialization is important. Um, you know, and so, you know, engagement, I think, right. It seems to me is like, there's a, there's that macro level as well, right. They need to be engaged in, you know, hopefully they're engaged in the overall, topic of the course but then you know it, it also seems like with, with both of these really right it's not a one and done thing you gotta you know it's, it's every day you got to have that hook you got to have that question you got to have that invitation to be curious you don't just do that the first day and dump the legos out and never do anything like that again right well or even in the uh the day before the class before i did a presentation for the first time on learning styles and experiential learning and, and things like that um, there's nine learning styles now, according to Cobb or Kolb. I can't remember how you say it. Um, but the fifth slide in, or I, I actually, and I use a dark background and white letters because I, whatever, for whatever reason, shows up better. Um, but then that sixth slide was a white slide that said, hey, this is here just to get your attention and wake you back up. So knowing how the brain works and how our attention will start to drift, especially with through repetition, doing something that recaptures that intention re-engages the audience. Well, and, and, you know, and that's, that's interesting, you know, that, that you say that because there's, you know, there's, there's several aspects. I'm thinking of two right now, right? There's the, 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 the first aspect of engagement, right? Was this, this idea of an invitation, um, something that will spark intellectual curiosity, right? That kind of engagement, right? And obviously that's, you know, we, we want that throughout, but to your point, right, there's just some things about the way the brain works that there's like this mechanical piece of engagement that you just need to get snapped out of something, right? So like we, the other thing we did, remember when we were doing uh, boot camps or whatever, right, two starts to the day, yeah. right? That was another way to do it. Break it up, 
break the monotony, get up, get moving. And the same thing, right, with activities, right? Like, I mean, we've done this a million times, classroom management, the art of teaching. If you're losing the class, the first thing you do is this break it up and this get moving and this do something else. And this, this snap you into some place else. It's mechanical, but it also brings that engagement. But they're, they're, they're related, but they're two different aspects, right? I started a class this week. Uh, it starts at 1 o'clock. I have two classes that start at 1 o'clock. Um, primarily trying to hit the college credit plus crowd, CCP crowd. Forgot that, oh, dear God, 1 o'clock, everybody wants to take a nap. So right. I show up into my room on day one, and it was just like, I was like, nope, let's get up. Let's go for a walk. We actually went outside. We've got a tent set up outside for some out, outdoor activities. We went outside and I changed location. We did our kind of syllabus intro review, review there. Again, part of, part of the teaching, reading the room, not expecting the learner to be any to be abnormal right this right. Whole way our brain works and our brains love to conserve energy because that's how we've evolved that's how we've survived as a species our brains are meant to when we see the same things over and over to to make them you know blend into the background right um it's why every time i drive 80 90 an hour or two hours down the road i'm ready for a nap right it's just that right. repetitiveness so we can't hold, you know, we, we shouldn't hold learners to a standard of engagement that we know they're incapable of because of how humans are designed. Right, right. Yeah, I have a, I have a lecture called Humans Are Stupid and Lazy <laughs> that goes over some of why the brain uh, wants us to take a nap. Yeah, right. Uh, absolutely. So, but, you know, I mean, it's, it, so it's interesting, you know, when we started this conversation, I wasn't even thinking, I mean, I was I was kind of stuck on the, you know, um, engagement equals fun, engagement doesn't equal fun, you know, kind of debate um, that we talked about at the beginning. But th now, right, there's like, right, there's human evolution pieces in here, the way we learn. I mean, that gets into course design, that gets into, you know, like we always talk about things when you have a, an async course, right? You know, keep your videos like to three minutes or something, you know, don't, for dear God, don't make them go more than seven, right? Because oh. people stop paying attention. If they do go longer than seven, you need, you need a commercial. Yeah, you need a break, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, but but all those things, right? Those things are mechanical, but you have to understand those to get engagement. And you know, but it, but it's interesting, right? When you know, you and I have both worked on teams where, whenever we said engagement, everybody immediately looked at the material and says, "Well, this isn't fun enough." Yeah. Right. That you know, well, we need more fun, right, for more engagement. But that's you know, it's. It, well, one, I, I think um, we both think that's wrong. And two, I mean, not, not that fun is bad in and of itself, but the other thing is, is some of this is just mechanical, right? So is it, uh, what's the guy's name that does some of the gamification stuff? Is it Shell, Schnell? Oh, geez. Uh, man, hold on. Let me look up real fast. Okay. Uh, but you've played video games, right? Yep. How many times have you thrown a controller or wanted to? Yeah. Well, listen, listen, I, I, I got, listen, I got, here's, here's the thing, right? You and I talked about this, right? So I like, I like racing games. Right. And uh, I think I told you, right, I, I upgraded from uh, a, a 2019 version of this racing game that I do to a 2020 version. The 2020 version is like way more like realistic and, and all this stuff. But I swear to God, dude, it's so hard. Yeah. It's not fun. It's like, I, I, it's just way too hard off the bat. So I went back to the 2019 version and I realized that I got all the aids on and that, all this kind of stuff, but you know what? I'm winning races and I'm having fun and I'm getting better. 
but but that the 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 2020 version you know the the it's not engaging because the the skill cliff is vertical and it's super high and i'm just like i can't figure out how to get past this well and i think though that's maybe where it gets conflated the idea of engagement and fun because we use games like jesse uh shell I think it's how you pronounce his name, um, talks about motivation and flow, that flow state of things are just right. Yeah, exactly. Too easy. Too easy, we don't care, too hard, we get frustrated, we're going to quit. But I think like when people from the outside watch people playing video games, the assumption is, oh, they're just playing and having fun. Let's gamify our course and it's going to be fun and the right. are going to stick with it. Um, but that's so not the case. I agree. I agree. So, so that, that flow state, though, again, that's kind of where the, the art of teaching comes into play, right? Being able to identify where that – because disengagement means somebody quit something. Right. What is that point – and I think it's almost a single point, if not a narrow window, of frustration where it goes from acceptable frustration to frustration is going to make me quit. Yep. How can I, as a faculty member – be able to identify in a learner when they're in that state or nearing that, that quit state. Right. right. And, and I, and I think that like with our, with our formative assessments, right. I mean, one piece of it, right. I mean, I, I think there's a couple pieces that go with this. Um, you know, one is that, you know, for any game, right. That you play or any goal that you have, or, you know, for example, completing a class, you need, you know, you want, you need to be somewhat engaged in the end goal, right? Like you have to be interested. Right. And then I think along the way to stay engaged, right. You need to be able to see that I'm starting here. My end goal is up here and I can see, I can stay in that flow state and it's not smooth, but I can actually see myself making progress toward it and getting better. And, you know, this gets back then to the, again, the art of teaching and responsive learning experience design. There are going to be some people in your class that are there because they have to be. Yep. And so as a teacher, Right. As when we present this, we have to at least give them something out of it that they're going to, you know, listen, understand this isn't part of your major. This may be not something, whatever, but you know what, here's what I want you to get out of this. And here's why it can be important to you and give them that motivation. So again, that they can maybe, maybe they have a different goal than the person who's going to be a professional designer. You know, they just have to be there or they're just, I'm just taking it to see what it's like, you know, web page. I'm teaching it right now. Web page development, right? Out of everybody in the room, none of them want to code web pages, but it's right. my third course for the program. But the way I phrase it is, okay, what do you want to do? Oh, you want to be a photographer. Okay. Oh, you want to do this. Oh, you want to start your own business. Okay, great. Take this class so you don't get screwed by somebody who's going to build you a website. Exactly. And, and we, the, the level of understanding you need isn't, the, isn't a um, web developer understanding. It's a, I understand how this thing works and I can make good business decisions about my career out of it. Right. And then now you, now you have them engaged. You know, you, they're interested in that end goal, and now you can help guide them to that, right, and have them get something out of it. Because that conversation that you have with them helps to establish the why this matters and why I should care about it. Which comes all the way back to what we said at the beginning. It all starts with the why. Yep. And if you get the why. Yeah, that's right. He's right. And, but if you start with the why, then, then you can, you know, then engagement can follow from that. The other thing, too, I think with engagement um, and motivation is – I think we've talked before about uh, you know faculty. We can be the smart, the smarking, sparking motivation to kind of get somebody going, um, and can't be the sustaining motivation because that's just right. too much energy, too much. There's not right. enough. 
we'll all burn out. But I think what it is, if we equate it almost to like um, to riding a bike, because we've used that analogy metaphor before, right? Where maybe we're like that little uh, boost, motor boost, or yeah. push to help people on the hill when it does get yep. to the point of struggle. So yeah. we're that sparking motivation along the way, which comes from our own engagement. Right. I think that there's a lot to be said for faculty being engaged in what they're doing and not just standing there reading slides or. Right. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, we've, I, I'm, I know I have, and I'm sure you have as well. I've taken some classes probably in some subjects that I didn't really care about that much. I mean, it's like mildly interesting, but man, the person teaching it was just, over the moon, just like, I am so enthused about this. This is my life. This is the coolest thing ever. And you, it's like, okay, maybe this is cooler than I thought it was. And that, that level of engagement enthusiasm sparked my interest as well. I wish I could remember his name. And I, I bet you I could probably find it out. But the second time I took history, I took a lot of classes more than once in community college. So, and the third time I took comp one, that's why I became a teacher. The, the guy that was teaching that class loved his life. But I think it was the second time I took uh, history, and I can't remember. It must have been uh, pre-Civil War. I don't know where how they defined it. Anyway, one night a week class, three hours. The dude stood there and talked the entire time, but knew his shit. Oops. <laughs> Cut that if you want. Yeah. Knew his stuff, wanted to be there, and engaged you. He didn't even ask a lot of questions, but like his, just his delivery, he was so engaged in it. And he was making eye contact that you really had no choice but to pay attention to him. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think, so that's a good point, right? We, we talk about, oh, how do we get students to be engaged? We got to look at ourselves as the, as, the, as the instructor, the teacher, the fellow learner. We, you know, we got to reflect that engagement back to them, right? We have to be engaged. And that stuff is contagious, right? I mean, I, I know that when I was teaching, teaching code, you know, I love code. Code has been great. It's been great to me. It's been a great career. I love it. And I just think it's the coolest thing. And so when explaining it to people, it's like you're sharing a secret. It's like, this is the coolest thing ever. You really need to get in on this. And when you have that level of excitement and engagement from, from the instructor or the staff, that, that spills over. Yeah. There, there is, if, if you as a teacher hate being there and hate the students, there's cool. no way you're going to get engaged with something else. Yep. Or, 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 or find something that's going to re-spark, look at differently, go read something new, somehow, some way, right. find something to re-spark your own interest and motivation in the topic. Yep, absolutely. That stuff, I mean, that energy, whether it's good or bad, is going to extend into, out and touch your students. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Man, we just solve all the world's problems, don't we? In 20 I know yeah. it's amazing. In 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 like a half an hour, it's great. Well, so. we ramble about nothing for at least the first five minutes, so that's true. We always do, but yeah, th this is good. I mean, you know, and I, I like having these conversations as well with you because then it, I always find something that I remind myself that oh, you know what, I kind of forgot about that, or yeah, this is a this is a good nugget for me to take back to. Well, my course design or when I'm teaching things or whatever, right? I think that it has been the best part about my career so far Yeah, is the fact that even when I was studying instructional design out of the gate, I was a grad assistant and could apply that stuff 
immediately and, and vice versa. It went both ways, right? I could take stuff from the classroom, take it back to the theory and take some of the theory and bring it into the classroom. And that's just been, I mean, anybody who's out there who is an instructional designer, go teach a class. Yep. Anybody who's a teacher, go take some, go read some instructional design material. Um, I'm not saying I'm the poster child for what you should be, but I feel pretty confident every time I, I've stepped into a classroom, not knowing what we're going to do and been able to make some cool stuff happen just because of that experience. Yeah, absolutely. So. Just understanding how learning experiences should be structured and what's effective and what's not right. Yep. And, and not, not, not being afraid to look like an idiot in front of a group of 18 year olds. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So cool. All right. Well, until next time. Yes, sir. Take care. Have a good weekend. All right. See ya.